Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Point. We've become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania, Delaware Valley. And this is because you've all identified our show and as the guideposts for truth seekers everywhere in Southeastern Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley. Folks, The Point is the home of factualism, and uh, it truly is. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for being with us every week. It's why we're here. That's why we're here. Um, I, I want to comment a little bit on, on what's been going on. Um, I'm just blown away at what we're experiencing uh, with this election fraud. And I, I want to be clear. First off, we need to keep the faith. We need to keep the faith because uh, we're going to go through a lot of random thoughts today on this show. I'm going to be going through them, but I'm going to be intermingling them or inter, 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 weaving into this facts and knowledge uh, as we go through it, uh, just just keep the faith that America that we know, the America we love, will be preserved and will continue to be preserved. I mean, God's hands in this, regardless of how we feel. Look, the American way of life is going to be preserved. So just understand that God's in control and just keep the faith. The best days of our country are still ahead of us. And even though we seem like we're being bruised and thrown about here, we're not going away. We're going to be Coming back even stronger, I believe. Uh, but make no mistake, Trump's plan is to count every legitimate ballot. And I believe because of that, we're going to win by playing by the rules. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm not livid. And this doesn't mean that I'm not upset. And this doesn't mean that I'm mad. Mad is, is, is unbelievably mad as the rest of you are because I really am. I think what's amazing to me is I, I look and, and I think what's really getting me is it appears the fix was in from the beginning. They had this mail-in system and the absentee system changed to allow mass mail-in voting because of this COVID scare that, that you know, was there. But I think it was all part of the plan because the mail-in system came before the COVID system. So once we adopted all these new mail-in rules around the country, in comes COVID to complete the, the plot, Okay. Now, the biggest problem we have is that we've got these situational ethics activists that were elected as lawmakers and select, I'm going to call them selective lawbreakers because they're really not lawmakers. And they're allowing this fraud to take place. And I, I think what I, what I want to make sure we're clear on is, and I say this because what's happening is we're, 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 we're watching these Look, all election laws are written out in the states. They, how they handle the absentee ballots, it's all spelled out in law. It's all written out in the law. So what has to happen is you have to have people at the local level that are handling the ballots. And and again, I, I've heard this said by a famous communist. It might have been Lenin or one of those communists that basically said, look, the real power is in the hands of those that count the votes, not the voter, but the ones that count the votes. And what we're seeing now is, that, again, a fix was in. I think what we're seeing is we got these people that are there counting the votes, and they're not observing the criteria that's spelled out in the law. So you've got observers in Philadelphia that are not being allowed in as the law spells out. So on election day, we were getting this word and this, this information was being sent to all the poll watchers. Show them this certificate and you'll get in. Well, you show them the certificate and they weren't letting them in. 
So a day or so goes by. Now they're still counting votes. A day or so goes by and then they get a court order and then they let them in. But what they do is they move the process away, far enough away so that the people, the watchers can't see. And they say, you're limited, you're limited and regulated to this part of the room. So they make them stand over there. I mean, this is absurdity. These people are breaking the law. They are, they broke the laws. And then, of course, you have our activist protectors of the law, our attorney general and our governor, and they're allowing it to happen. So what's really, what seems hopeless to me, and a lot of people here, I want to say what, I, I don't, I don't think it's hopeless to me as much as it's just frustrating and, and, and it just absolutely, uh, it, it just, it just makes me, it just brings me to complete frustration. But I'm not quitting. I'm keeping the faith. But what I'm trying to do here is to convey to folks here, don't get lost in hopelessness and despair. Because we've got these people that we've elected to protect the rights of the voters, as well as other rights of other citizens, by, by prosecuting crime, by putting criminals in jail, by implementing and preserving the law, by enforcing the law. And seemingly right now, we've got nobody that's doing any law enforcement in Philadelphia as they're counting ballots. That's the frustration that I have on all of this. And this is what's, this is what's making me, well, just angry about it. I mean, I'm just ticked off, really upset about it. I mean, don't, I mean, I'm just livid. I mean, make no mistake about it. So as Americans, we have to understand what's bringing this about and what brought this about and what's making this click, if you will, for the Democrats is in order to have fraud, you have to have willing participants committing the fraud. Okay, you have to have that. Now, you know, look, the bottom line is, you know, you have to have people that are willing to do this and then you have to take the observers out. So you've had poll watchers that are watching the process of the election itself. And then you have the camp poll, the ballot canvassers that are watching the unpacking. Now, let me get into what I mean by all of that. Because the real issue does come down to the ballot canvassers. What's happening is you have to have the observers there to keep the workers I want to say honest, but basically as a deterrent for cheating, because people don't want to get caught. So what's happening is the observers would see, for instance, if the signatures are on the back of the envelopes, they would see if the secrecy envelopes were being used. They would see if the signatures were in place. They would see if they're processing these ballots and these envelopes through signature verification machines to make sure that the signatures match. They would see what is going on. And they would, by doing this, hold people accountable because they would become the people and provide the affidavits that would prosecute the criminals. But when you take the observers out, you're taking out the people that would be the witnesses to the crime. That's what's happening. Okay. This is the frustration part. This is what's got me livid beyond measure about. This is all I've been thinking about. But make no mistake. They went against Donald Trump on this. Now, most of these people, like Rick Santorum is one. He's a beaut. He's a real beaut. Rick Santorum, I mean, everyone loves Rick Santorum. But let me help you. Rick Santorum's one of those establishment Republicans that never quite figured out how to get a 
how to get a real how to get real excitement behind the voters or from the voters or to the voters, if you will, to get them excited about your candidacy. Rick Santorum ran a horrible reelection effort in 06 and he was clobbered. But one thing is for sure. When he came out and said, oh, these are just Democrats that decided to use the mail-in system for their ballots. That's all this is. This is just, this is legitimate voting. What Rick Santorum deliberately left out, because these establishment Republicans now are doing the work, the dirty work for the, the Democrats. These establishment Republicans are all doing the dirty work right now. So he's out there declaring that there's no problem. What he's, what he's selectively forgetting is that the ballots... The actual ballots themselves don't become votes until they're counted as a vote. And they have to be looked at. They have to be scrutinized to make sure certain things were done on the mail-in ballot to confirm because the chain of custody has been broken once the ballot's mailed. So you have to confirm there's some safeguards in place to confirm and protect against fraud. One of those safeguards is the envelope. That has to be used, and, and you're putting a secrecy envelope inside the major envelope or the master envelope, and you're signing the back of the front envelope, the top envelope, the master envelope. Well, if the signature's not there, or the envelopes aren't being used correctly, or if they use a pencil in doing their ballot or something like that, in a post, like for instance, you know, the ballots don't get there on the ballots that come in on Wednesday or Thursday, they need to check for postmarks. And if the postmarks aren't, aren't there, then, then they're supposed to segregate those ballots. All these things were supposed to take place. And none of it did. This is the part that Rick Santorum selectively leaves out of his, 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 his brilliance, his genius, his genius opining on all of this. All these establishment Republicans, they've all, in my opinion, they've all just left out, uh, they've all just left out the idea that these people are, they've, they've conveniently left out. They've conveniently left out, in my opinion, what a lot of the facts, because to them, you know, what they're trying to do and what they're, what they're trying to uh, allude to here is what they're, they, they just left out these facts. Okay. They, they don't care about the facts. They want to, they want Trump out, Trump out. This is their move. This is the move of the establishment to take out Trump. As I said, folks, the fix was in. All of them were in on it, or at least they're being a part of it. But what they're up against is they're up against a guy like Donald Trump who lives for the fight. As I believe, as I've been stating all along, he's been he's been appointed to be at this position where he is today at this point in history by God. And I believe that. And if we believe that, we have to keep the faith. We have to keep the faith. Because that's really what it comes down to. It comes down to faith. It comes down to believing that there's a master plan here. And if you look at it and try to be objective about it, what's what's beautiful about all of this is they're calling out for the first time in 20 years. I've lived in Pennsylvania 20 years. Uh, they're calling out for the first time in 20 years the fraud in Philadelphia. I mean, on a national level. Uh, you're going to have a huge public outcry against the fraud that's taking place in these states. The counting of ballots. And again, we're going to get into some of the specifics in a minute. But I, I think just looking at what's happening here in Pennsylvania, because it's close to home, we can see this. Now, what the Supreme Court can do is anything it wants. And what I'm hoping for is a Supreme Court that is going to handle this, 
this activism, if you will, that's going to basically handle the idea that that these activists, uh, you know, they're going to basically act as a mode, a method, a mechanism, if you will, to take out the activists by making a judgment, if you will, that will just pay, say, for instance, a judgment like this. Just to say if the U.S. Supreme Court gets into this and they say, we're going to disallow every ballot that was received after Tuesday, counted after Tuesday. Well, that would be really delicious because the governor deliberately stopped the counting at 9 p.m. at night. If you remember, Philadelphia, they all went home because they were tired. So they could do that. And then, you know, the governor and his secretary of state and all these nitwits would be sitting there on their deliberate attempt to sabotage the election. And that would be the reason and become the precedent for the U.S. Supreme Court. In other words, the U.S. Supreme Court can bypass the process that is out there right now, the process that is there to, uh, you know, it is a political process to take out people that aren't doing their job, okay, elected job. But because the media is not doing their job and reporting the, the malfeasance of the elected officials, then people don't know about the shortcomings of the elected official or the deliberate malfeasance, if you will, the de- deliberate obfuscation, the deliberate avoidance of, of enforcement, law enforcement. So they reelect these people because they got the smiling faces and they're holding the babies up and they're just the normal folks. The media paints them up as they prop them all up as something that they're not. But the Supreme Court can say, well, that won't matter. We're going to set precedent here because this isn't because, you know, the thing of it is, is that there was already a court, a federal court that ruled or a district court that ruled that they had to let the canvassers in. And when they did that in Philadelphia, then they moved the process away so that the canvassers couldn't see anything, the, the observers. So when that happened, they set themselves up in defiance of a court order and, and showed a deliberate attempt to commit fraud. You see, it's it. They, they pass that point of, gee, they made a mistake, or gee, their poll workers, their volunteers, or their, their poorly paid staffers made mistakes. So we can't put old people accountable for errors. But when a court makes a, makes a judgment, passes a judgment, and then they bring these people in, and then they turn around, and then they move the process to deliberately get it out, and there's witnesses to the effect that they deliberately move the process away from the eyesight of these observers. When the U.S. Supreme Court sees this, it takes away any any credibility from the state of Pennsylvania's canvassers and uh, counters, ballot counters, the election services people, as well as the governor and as well as the uh, attorney general, okay, and the secretary of state. It removes any doubt that the fix was in and they were part of it. Now it's going to be apparent that they were all in on the fix. See, the evidence, if it's insurmountable, and it could be because they deliberately did what they did, when the evidence is put together and tallied and it put together in front of the court, it could be the court rules this way. Remember, there's five constitutionalists now on this court. You got the three constitutionalists that Trump appointed, plus you have uh, you have uh, Samuel Alito, and then you have Clarence Thomas. All of them, all five, are strict constitutionalists. Then you have Dennis. Uh, you have Justice Roberts. That is, well, I don't know what he is, but he's he's like the the moderate that's there. And then you have the the three liberals. But you've got five people on that court right now 
who would, I believe, be strict constitutionalists to the letter of the law. And when they look at the attempt by the city of Philadelphia, the county of Philadelphia, and the election services to 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 deliberate attempt to 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 avoid the enforcement of the law and to comply with the law, to comply with the with the letters of the court, the direction from the court, when that is apparent, who knows what can happen. So I'm optimistic in that respect. But I'm also optimistic for other things. And then again, as, as I said, when you reveal this, when you reveal fraud, when you call the fraud out and people see it, it forces the system to change. What's amazing to me is we've got Trump out there declaring, and, 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 and again, first off, what's amazing is you've got people out there Okay, I mean, declaring that we need to have all the legitimate votes count. But where is Biden on this? I I just think that's compelling. You know, where are the U.N. election observers when you need them? Where are they? Where are the U.N. election observers? Where are they when you need them? Again, you know, we've got the deliberate attempt to keep people out of counting rooms in the United States of America, not just here in PA, but elsewhere as well. And again, the people are there to to observe the mailed process, the processing of the ballots and the votes, the counting of them, to make sure things are legitimate. That's why they're there. And again, the people that are in charge of the counting the votes, they're the same people that allowed their cities to be destroyed and looted and and, and rioted, (laughs) buildings to be burned looting to take place, and they're the ones decrying for the defunding of law enforcement. These are the people that are counting the votes. And the the propaganda, fake news, and their fake experts all want them to concede. They all want Trump to concede, everybody, including now we see establishment Republicans like Rick Santorum. Get out there and concede, President Trump. Just concede. Bring this country together behind, behind a senile Joe Biden. You know, where's the coverage on this? Where's the outrage on this? I think that's another thing that makes me livid, is there's no media outrage or calling out for the process to be, you know, in plain sight. Transparency. Where's where's the word coming from the media on transparency? These mayors and these situational ethics activists are in charge of counting the ballots. I mean, these are people you wouldn't let, you wouldn't give the keys to your car to. Or certainly, you wouldn't let these people use your use your ATM card or something like that. You wouldn't let them have access to personal information on, on you at all. These are people you wouldn't trust with the keys to your house or your car. They're the ones counting ballots. I mean, this is amazing to me. The ones that are letting the laws be broken, the ones that are breaking the laws are the ones in charge of counting the ballots. Folks, this is phenomenal. They will do anything to keep power or to get power, folks. That's the fact. And make no mistake about that. They'll do anything and they do anything and they will. They have. I mean, in Georgia, you got a Republican governor and you got the people in charge of vote of all the counting of the ballots are Democrats in these key areas. I mean, that's just the facts, the system they have. 
But, you know, remember back in 2000, you had both sides agreeing to full transparency, both sides. The state laws are very specific in declaring and describing folks, as I said earlier, how a mail-in ballot absentee ballot should be counted and distributed. They're very specific. And again, you know, we, we have to confirm, again, what that the ballots, you know, we have to confirm that the signatures match and that they met all the criteria. And we just got to know this. And the president's been out front stating this since June, that this would be a problem. When all the processes were changed to allow this mail-in system, he was saying this all along. You know, I heard somebody who gets their news from social media, because that's obviously the place to get your news, social media. Someone that gets their news from social media was making a comment that Trump was wanting these mail-in ballots. I, I don't know where they're getting that information from. It's the fake news that's out there. But whatever the case is, let me help our listeners understand, because our listeners are very trained, and they're very expert, and they're very informed uh, in this area. I mean, and, and, and they are. Our expert listeners know that that's malarkey, that that's baloney. They know this. Trump was never in favor of these ballots. He's been out front and his at his rally saying this. I mean, Republicans offered pre-canvassing. We did that here in Pennsylvania, but the governor said no. I mean, you have people, why didn't they do pre-canvassing? Because the governors didn't want it. They wanted this chaos. If you did pre-canvassing, you'd have people observing, and there's no way they could rush in all the phony votes. You see, I want to talk about that for one second. Here in Philadelphia, they got rid of the evidence. So all the envelope signatures that are missing and all the secrecy envelopes, now they've all been discarded. All these ballots have been put together. But there are things they can check, and they will check. But I think what happened in Philadelphia was it really was apparent. I think that's the process that they allowed to take place with the court order. In other words, they defied the court order. I believe the Supreme Court's going to hammer down on the state of Pennsylvania in this. I just do. At least I'm optimistic on that. Because Pennsylvania defied a court order. Philadelphia defied a court order. Where is that on the main on the fake news? Where is that on mainstream media? Where is that? Where's the outrage on that? It, it just, it's just breathtaking to me. And again, I said it earlier, where's Joe Biden on this? Why is Joe Biden not declaring we need we need to count legally all the all the votes? Why is he not you know, why isn't he standing this? Why isn't he on top of this? No, yeah, we have to make sure the observers are in the rooms. Why where is he on this? You know, he's out there saying, Oh, we need to be calm, we need to come together. Let me help you. Joe Biden's part of this fix. Joe Biden made an announcement, if you remember. When it was, uh, he was on a on some sort of he was making some sort of a an interview or something. He said something about the Democrats had the most involved voter fraud scheme going on or something like that. There was a video. Check it out on YouTube. Now some may say it was a slip up. I mean because he's you know losing his marbles, but others would suggest that maybe it was a Freudian slip because he's because what happens when you have the onset of Alzheimer's or something serious. You, you you lose your filter. You start to say things you shouldn't say. You see it in old people all the time. 
uh, they'll be in places and they'll just say things that are like, Wait, why did you say that? Well, he made the statement about voter fraud, a, a system for voter fraud that the Democrats had put together. And he commented on that. I think he knew all about it. He was in on the fix, too. And I think there was something to be said of that. We're going to look more into that on our show here. We're going to do some more homework on that so I can report on that more clearly and more distinctly. And I want our listeners to understand that I will I will get back in a later show with that. But as of right now, I just remember seeing the video of him speaking. And at first I made a comment. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He lost his bearings and his words there. He miss, he minced, made mincemeat out of his speech there. Well, here we are now, and we're looking at what happened in Philadelphia, and now we're saying, well, maybe it wasn't a slip-up of the words. Maybe instead it was a lack of filter that is there because – that is missing because of his mental capacity slip, whatever. One thing we know is that he's nowhere on this. Uh, he's not out front declaring we need we need the observers in the counting rooms. He's not out front declaring this. Folks, voter fraud is not a partisan issue. Voter fraud is an issue that every American should frown on and have complete distaste for and want to prosecute those that are guilty of. Every American. Because voter fraud takes away elections. It eliminates the election. Literally. It cancels out an election if, it, if it's big enough. And that's what every American should be looking at right now. Why is Joe Biden seemingly denying the, the, the obvious fraud? Because, again, it's in his favor and he doesn't want to come out with it. Again, he's being run by his handlers. But one thing is for sure, it's going to come out. Okay, I mean, the fact that he's not siding with a fair and legal process is, to me, something he can't hide from. And the fact that the media is not coming out for a transparent, fair, legal process, they're nowhere on this. Folks, that's another part that's very telling about where they're at on this, too. Are they part of the cheating? I, I don't know. I mean, all I know is they're not reporting it. That I know. And they're certainly not out there. I mean, when you have a court order to allow observers into a room, and when that observer goes in, when those observers go into the room, they're put into a special area where there's nothing happening, so they can't see anything. That is a deliberate attempt to to uh, to not to not adhere to the court order, to break the law, to cheat. And no one's there but us, right here on our show, the point, calling them out for that because that's exactly what it is. It is. What it appears to be, folks, it's cheating. Let's let's look at the recount in Wisconsin. I want to get into that a little bit. I've heard reports that numbers of voters uh, are exceeding the registered voters. I think that's something that I, I haven't seen conf confirmation on that, but I've heard reports of that. And, and getting and, and just to pause for one minute, I'm going to shift gears here, transition here. So bear with me, folks. I know you're able to because you do it every week. So thank you. Bear with me. But I want to transition into this. What's interesting is that the president, and I heard this today or yesterday, I should say, the president can, can issue an executive order to, to force all the governors and all the secretaries of state to release the voters 
and the voting rolls of every state. In other words, you can get a list of everybody who voted and compare it with the voting rolls. They can also be sure that they put on there particular information that they have on these people. And he can ensure that happens and he can do that. He can request it. He can put it. He can put it in an executive order and get that done. Now, in doing that, he can make comparisons and find out which counties, you know, who voted where that don't even live in the county anymore. There's ways of finding discrepancies when you get enough information on a voting roll on a voter. You know, when I when I moved out of Horsham, okay, into Berks County, um, if I didn't change my registration into Berks County when I moved to Berks County, if I left it in Horsham because I was either lazy or whatever, I didn't care. You would know where I live because you can make comparisons where, you know, with power grids and, you know, power companies or whatever, cell phone companies, things like that. You can make confirmation from phone bills. You can get information to public records that show that I don't live in Horsham anymore. And so then immediately my vote should not count because it's a provisional ballot. So it goes into a pile of provisional ballots because I'm not in my precinct. I voted out of my precinct. You see, there's things they can do to confirm things. They can also make sure they look, they can compare it with the death certificates in these counties to see who died. There's things they can do. So I'm very confident that they can get a list of the voters. They can do this. There's things that he can do. We don't know. It's not going to all be reported. The president is not going to come out there and declare what he's doing and and all the evidence he's compiling. He's not going to get specific on all of that. He's not going to do that. And the reason he's not going to do that is because he doesn't want to show his hand outside of court. He does not want this tried in the court of public opinion, the fake news media. He wants this tried in the courts where he gets a fair, where he gets a fair treatment, if you will, and he gets an objective judge to look at it. And he wants to bring this untainted case to the Supreme Court. Believe me, they're going to have a case. The president is very confident. I think Joe Biden's very confident. I think the fact that, you know, you're seeing the vote tallies and whatnot, but because of the lawsuits, they're not going to call the races or they shouldn't call the races. They certainly shouldn't until the until the, the lawsuits are over. But they're going to get they're going to get answers on that before Thanksgiving. I mean, the, the, you're going to see the Supreme Court rule on this. And if these states broke, I mean, there's already from what I understand, uh, the Justice Department's getting involved in this next week. And the only reason the Justice Department would be getting involved is because they have a criminal charge against somebody to prosecute somebody for something. That's the only reason the Justice Department would get involved. So I think what we're going to find is we're going to find that there's something going on with the uh, with the Justice Department. I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that there's probably criminal action. I think it's against the guy in Nevada or somebody in Nevada because they, they have they found thousands of votes that that were cast by people that no longer live there. Thousands. So that being said, I, I, I got that much from a case. But what we see, and I think what in Philadelphia is just going to basically be the process. And I've heard, I think it was Jonathan Turley made a comment. He goes, well, there's nothing they're going to do. They're just going to let it go because after all, they've always done that. They're always just going to let it go. Well, Jonathan Turley doesn't know that. Jonathan Turley's speculating because he's probably one of those establishment people that are upset but they're not he's just like well if they don't get the evidence they can't you know that the judges are not going to change the election is what he's basically alluding to i disagree they can do that folks they can now i mean turley may go back on past precedent but this is an unprecedented 
unprecedented time here. And it all depends how the how how things go with the other votes and whatnot. But I, would, I think this is an unprecedented time here in our country. And I think our judges, our Supreme Court justices, I should say, the justices there, understand the significance. The constitutionalists that are there understand the significance of our country in our Constitution and how elected officials in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania, the corruptness that goes on in cities can continue and will continue as long as these people get elected. But the once the Supreme Court decides to say we're not counting, we're not allowing any of the ballots that were counted after Tuesday, once they change the election results because of that, that'll force everyone to look at these people very objectively. And you're going to see Shapiro and the governor and everybody come outside and say, well, that's just a conservative court making unfair decisions. But, folks, the charges will be very clear. And they cannot run and hide from the truth. And that's what happens when you take it to the hilt, when you take it to the limit. And you're able and you got the fortitude, the mental dexterity to do this like Trump does. And the facts are on your side, you'll win. The problem you run into is a lot of these presidential candidates don't have the mental dexterity to do it. They don't want to do it. They want to preserve themselves politically. They want to preserve themselves in the court of public opinion, if you will, so they can maybe win an election again. But certainly, they want to preserve themselves to be able to make a living by being by being a phony expert on the news. You know, whatever their plans are, maybe it's to be a CEO, maybe there's a payoff. You know, we'll make you a CEO or you'll get on this board of directors. You'll be one of those board directors that don't show up for anything, but you get paid this much money. You know, things like that. There's a lot of things that can happen to take people out of an election. I think uh, going back in the history, I believe it was Tillis, I believe Tilden, Tilden, Tilden uh, was running against Rutherford B. Hayes. And there was a huge discrepancy back then. I think it was 1876. Huge discrepancy. And there was a backroom deal made for Tilden. They said, look, you step down and, and what you tell me what you want. The backroom deal made and Tilden agreed to it. I mean, but his deal was more for, you know, end reconstruction. Get your troops, get the troops out of the South. That was a big deal to Tilden. But there were other concessions that were made. That Rutherford B. Hayes and the party, uh, the, the Republicans uh, adhered to, they went with. So that's kind of like what you have here. Okay. And uh, you don't know what deals can be made or have been made in the past and why people step out. But I am telling you this, that Trump, you're not going to make a deal with him. He's 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 one of those that are unapproachable with corruption because he has all the money and power he needs. He's the wrong person to put into this spot. If he can get the facts on his side, he'll take this all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and he he will do it. So keep the faith, as I've been saying all along. So anyway, you got this recount in Wisconsin that's going on. In Michigan, they kicked out Republican poll watchers. We know there they had another poll watcher situation there. They put up obstacles in Michigan to prevent observation. The same thing they had here in Philadelphia, they had there. And they also found 35,000 ballots somewhere in the middle of the night in Detroit somewhere. I mean, are there secret count rooms or something going on? I mean, there, there's, there's going to be abnormalities there as well. And, of course, they're counting ballots. They, they, there's ways, again, if they get facts together, there's ways of, of of disseminating what votes are real and what's not. Believe me, folks, there's ways through public information. Make no mistake about it. 
Trump has the resources he needs to fight this and uh, the, obviously the will to fight it. And what's going on in Nevada, I mentioned this a little bit about the, uh, you know, what happened in Nevada and what went on there. You know, you had, uh, you know, you got, I mean, we got categorical challenges there, but I think it's a categorical challenge, a systemic allegation in Pennsylvania and, and Detroit and everywhere else. Because what, what I mean by that is it means it's going to have a large effect, an effect on a large number of ballots. So in Nevada, you have allegations in Clark County on how the ballots are being handled and the, and the, the, the discrimination of the signature recognition machines. And what's happening, what's interesting in Clark County is how, how it's different than the way they're handling the canvassing up in Reno, Nevada. You see, Reno is controlled by conservatives in Clark County by the you know, by the corrupt left. And what's interesting is in Reno, they're, they're actually got the video cameras on the, you know, on the canvassers up there. But in Clark County, they, they get people out of the counting rooms. But whatever, there's, there's going to be evidence that thousands of people voted improperly. We already see that. The sketchy records of tens of th thousands and thousands of people on voting rolls with regard to addresses and identification and getting ballots to vote with. I mean, how'd they get the ballots? You know, again, there is no transparency. I, I, I explained with Clark County, the transparency there was none. In Reno, there was plenty. They had them on live streaming vote tallies. It was an amazing, distinct difference up there. As again, I said before, it's the local, it's the local people. Nobody should want voter fraud. Nobody. Voter fraud eliminates an election. If you got bad ideas and you got a bad candidate, you shouldn't win the election. Period. If the media is doing their job, what's interesting is, and I've been saying this, one of the American traditions in this country was an honest media doing their job. And what you're not seeing is an honest media doing their job. The media is not reporting things on candidates. For instance, Joe Biden got away with a lot of the corruption. They wouldn't put it out there with his son and the, uh, the the backroom deals that were made there uh, and his laptop that was dropped off and the evidence on it. The media just avoided all of that. And in, in addition to that, the media allowed Biden to not be questioned and cross-examined to where a person that has dementia could not handle it. I mean, we watched Joe Biden. I mean, you watch these videos where Joe Biden had a long day of more than four or five hours, and he's out there losing his mental cognitive ability, going into a fog right right on the camera, and the staffers get in there and rush him out of the way. The man's had two brain explosions, aneurysms. There's no way that he doesn't have damage in his head from this, which is being aggravated by his age. This, I'm telling you, folks, I refuse to believe that this country would elect a senile individual as president. There's no way. And, you know, and he's out there declaring, oh, I got more votes than anybody. No, you had more cheating than anybody. And you, you said yourself that you had an extensive campaign, fraud campaign, if you will. You got to go to the video and see that. And without knowing exactly what it is, I don't have it in front of me right now. But if I had it in front of me, I'd be able to reveal it. I'll do some more research on that. And I'll get back with you folks on that on a later show.
But whatever the case is, he made some statements that are certainly concerning and raising eyebrows and bringing attention to the fraud. That's the key. You have to understand there were statements made that he did. But whatever the case is, you know, look at what's going on in Arizona. I think what's interesting with Arizona, you've got who runs Arizona. you got the McCains are running Arizona. And Cindy and McCain and Megan McCain, they hate Trump with the fire of a thousand suns. I mean, they, 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 they've eclipsed all, all everything in life with their hatred towards Trump. I mean, they, they're just not going to sit idly by and watch Trump win in Arizona either. So they devoted an entire funeral to demonizing Trump. Remember how that worked? I mean, they had the Obama and Clinton there. They had the Bushes there. They had the Never Trump parade there. Remember that? I mean, McCain was given a state funeral. He was given a funeral that very few people are given. McCain was given that. And they deliberately asked the president to not be there. And they, look, did they even snub the, I guess the, the president had family that was there. And uh, I, I just thought it was very in- interesting. You know, they control the state in Arizona. They do. And I think what's interesting uh, is that they are able to, to take that machine in that state, if you will, and turn it against an incumbent president, you know, the favors, the whatevers. And I think uh, there was a video. I'm just trying to, I'm, as I'm talking about this, there was a video. Here it is. Biden says he's built the most expensive voter for fraud organization in history. As he put in his quote, he said, we put together, he goes, I think the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of America. American politics or something like that. That's what he said. I mean, it was a short little blip there. It was something that he put. It was an online interview, I believe. Or maybe it was a Sunday morning. It might have been a Sunday morning interview or something that happened. But they, they didn't correct him. They didn't correct it. And if I can get our producer, maybe I can get our producer to play that. If he can pull it up, I'll see if we can get him to pull it up. If he searches on YouTube, you can pull it up. Biden saying voter fraud. And you see it says Joe Biden says he's built the most extensive voter fraud organization in history. If our producer has it, he'll let me know and then we can play it for you. But either way, uh, it's just very extensive. And I just want our listeners to know I'm very angry about what happened. I think it's it's obvious what happened. Uh, I mean, again, you know, did, did Biden make that comment? as a, you know, missing his filter, or did he make that comment as, a, as just a slip of words? I mean, that's for you to decide when you listen to it. But when you take what he said and combine it with what happened, you got to you gotta ask the question. I mean, what, where was he going with that? I mean, was he really thinking that, or was he, or is it just a coincidence? And I, I'm not so sure that there's a whole lot of coincidences in politics. So you have to keep that in mind, too. But as I stated, Trump has to make a compelling case. He has to make a compelling case. And and if he can do it, he needs to do it. And I think what's uh, when you look at the, uh, you know, the Trump team has to to make his case. He's he's got a short runway here. I mean, he does have that. And uh, let me just put something together here really quick. Bear with me here. So. 
What's interesting on this is when 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 you get evidence that release and you know you release the evidence, but you don't always release the evidence. I wanted to get into that. I just think it's important because the fake news is sort of like a cartel. They have a sort of they have a sort of uh, angle on all of this. But I mean, we have to understand that nobody was driving little buses to to bring people to the vote to the polls for Biden voters. I mean, we we have to know that. You know, Biden didn't do he, he had the there was no get out the vote effort for Biden. There was none of that. It was all done in darkness. I mean, you got to you got to use these mail in ballot dumps and with 100 percent margins for Biden. I mean, this is what we saw. You know, you got a tranche of 10,000 here, there, 25,000 there. And this is what we're looking at. But I think in spite of all of this, the re- Republicans turned down a record numbers and this is the thing I think that has the Democrats a little nervous. Well, I should say very nervous because Trump's going to reveal the fraud. He's going to at least bring it out to the eyes of America. In addition to that, the Senate and the House are going to be, well, the Senate's going to stay Republican it's a, with the same weight that it has now. But the House is, is going to be an interesting thing because the House is going to be a phenomenon unlike something we've seen in a long time. They're going to have a majority of about five or six seats. That's about it. And you're going to see a lot of these moderate Democrats, true moderates that are not socialists, but they're Democrats. But they're going to be aligning with the with the Republicans to pick the next speaker. And they're going to alienate this, the, the radical wing of their party. And they're going to try to get some work done for the for the for the country. I mean, there may be some of that. I mean, before you had, you, you know, they, they needed like a lot. You need like 20 people. But when all you need is five or six, anything can happen. I mean, we see. We even saw with the impeachment. I mean, there were three or four Democrats that voted against the impeachment in the House. Remember, there was a handful of them, and that was with the impeachment where they had the whip on everybody. I think when it comes down to getting, the, and they just lost an election, they just watched some prominent people in those liberal circles lose their seats, and they almost. I mean, some people barely got in. I mean, they were just by by a razor thin margins got in because they're talking socialism and whatnot. And 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 they want to if these people want to get reelected again, they're gonna have to run their races and they're gonna have to basically uh, I think get things done in Washington. So the good news I think that's there. I think we might we may see some stuff there that may come up. I don't I don't know. But whatever the case is, don't miss that. Because the establishment types, the Republicans, okay, that reject Trump, I think they're going to see what happens. They're going to see what happens. You know, they're going to they're going to see it. They're going to see it for sure. I mean, I'm just blown away. Look, the, the people want us to believe. And again, I'm just trying to warn everybody that they're trying to set up the Republicans. You know, they're trying to set up the Republicans. To, for the Republican establishment to be the ones that reject Trump. And I don't want to fall into that trap. But there's a lot of people that are out there with Trump derangement. I think Tucker Carlson had somebody on his show that was actually talking about how hate conquered love. Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think that uh, fraud conquered <laughs> Fraud is what conquered the election. But whatever the case is, I think what's really telling is what you've witnessed in these cities. And I don't want to miss this. 
Biden lost support in New York City, Chicago, and Miami. He lost 200,000 votes in New York City. He lost 260,000 votes in Chicago. That's huge. And he lost 70,000 votes in Miami. But Atlanta, Detroit, Milwaukee, and Pittsburgh, he gets enough to uptick in those areas to win. See, I, I think there's evidence here. Now, this is all circumstantial. and This is all supposition. I get it. But there is actual evidence, and I think Trump's going to get the evidence, and he's got ways of doing it, and he is fighting this to win. And I don't want to miss that, okay? I don't want to miss that. Look, the polls that were out there, we all saw what happened, and I think what's interesting is the polls are the chosen weapon, if you will, the the propaganda. What they do is they put these polls out there, these sham polls, these suppression polls, they're, they, they, they're just, they're, they're out there to shape public opinion, not reflect it. And they're out there to drive donations. This is what the polls are all about. They drive donations with them or suppress donations with them. They drive enthusiasm with them or they suppress enthusiasm. Okay, the polls are there to, as a weapon, if you will, to convince the public of what's happening. They were wrong then in 2016 and they're wrong now. And, you know, you go down to the methodology and you see what they do with the massively oversampling of Democrats in these polls. They did it in 16. They're doing it again in 2020. But what's really compelling in all of that is what CNN did. I mean, CNN had Biden plus 12 nationally, had Biden plus 12 in Michigan, plus eight in Wisconsin. Well, we know what happened. Okay, even with fraud, he barely he barely took Michigan and Wisconsin by less than 20,000 votes. You know, what's interesting, too, another distinct, and I, I want to bring this up for our, our informed expert listeners. One other distinct circumstantial point I want to make. It's all circumstantial, of course, supposition. But one point I do want to make, again, it's an opinion. But I think when you look at the, the Democrats that were on these ballots in these areas, in these precincts, okay, they outperformed they, I should say Biden, when you look at the vote tallies that Biden got, why didn't these other ones get those votes? In other words, why did they vote for Biden but didn't vote for them? That's more evidence of fraud. I think when you see an imbalance, usually what you see is the top of the ticket. When the top of the ticket is successful, that means the down ballot candidates usually win. The Senate wins and the, the congressmen win and so forth. But what you're seeing in a lot of these districts is you didn't see that. I mean, not only was it not a blue wave, it was a red wave. I mean, when the dust settles in the House, the Republicans will pick up about 14 or 15 seats, maybe 13, 14, even if it's 10 or 12. But they needed 17. So what will happen is there'll be seven shorts, seven or five or four votes shy of a majority. It'll be the slimmest majority. And they're not going to get through any massively wonky legislation. They're just not going to get it through. And I think... I mean, you could even see a majority, a speaker, other than Nancy, of course, a more moderate that actually puts a Republican on some of these seats, the leadership seats. You could see that. It may happen. There's things that can happen. We don't know. But that's another, just another piece of information I want to give you. But anyway, on the New York Times gave Biden a 70% chance of winning. And they have Biden up 10 points in Iowa, Biden up nine points in Ohio. We know what happened. I mean, there was 20-point swings there. 
I mean, how could they be off so much? The Washington Post ABC News poll in Wisconsin and Biden up 17 points. I mean, I would I mean, none of these polls. I mean, Nate Silver, Charlie Cook were out there saying the Democrats are going to take back the Senate. They were not only wrong, they were way wrong. Because the Senate is going to end up in the same place it was when the election started. And the Republicans had to defend a whole twice as many seats as the Democrats did in this election cycle. The Republicans had to defend twice the seats. Look, they were claiming Biden was going to win in the landslide of these polls. They were, they were predicting a blue wave. They predicted that Trump would be a drag down the ticket. It didn't happen. None of it was. I mean, you had Susan Collins winning. And I thought what was interesting is I, I made a prediction on this show that Susan Collins was going to win. And she did. There wasn't any poll showing her to win. But you don't get 68% of the vote in your in your state in your as a senator and then come back and lose. Okay? It's just not likely unless you're a horrible, horrible senator. They had Tom Tillis losing in every poll. He won. Johnny Ernst, she won. And she was down in every poll. And she won. They won handily. Susan Collins won by six points. Johnny Ernst, she, or she, she, she won by seven points. Tillis won. All right, the Republicans, as I stated, will pick up about 12, 13 seats in the House. And it appears that the Senate will remain the same. But what I thought was interesting is they, they actually... Um, they added a governor, and I believe they flipped two state legislative chambers and maintained all the other ones. So they added two legislative chambers to the Republican side just in time to do the, the you know, the census redistricting. I thought that was interesting. Again, these are all good signs or omens, I think, but they're good signs for the future of our country. So don't miss that. But folks, I just want you, I want us all to understand, and I'm going to make the comment again, and I don't want to miss it, okay? We just have to keep the faith. We got to trust in God, and we have to know, we have to know that America is going to survive this. And I think God's got his hand on this. And I think a lot of it has to do with exposing the fraud. And you really don't defeat fraud by winning landslide elections. You have to have lawsuits. You have to expose it. You have to... The, the fraud has to take place. It has to slant an election. And then, then the results have to be overturned in court and the fraud exposed. And when that happens, then you have to fix that. Then they're forced to fix the problem. What happened in Florida two years ago was solved very quickly by a governor. A governor who meant business to solve the problems. You know, so don't miss that, folks. I, I don't want our listeners to miss that. Uh, you know, I, I think it's very distinct point to make. And I think revealing the fraud because the fraud takes place and slants the election is the way you get rid of the fraud or defeat these fakers, these cheaters, defeat them. OK, you squash the head of the serpent when the courts set precedent and say we're overturning the election in that state. And if anybody in that state's very upset, then they need to be upset at the elected officials who allowed the fraud, who defied a court order. Okay, Philadelphia. I mean, to me, that's just, I mean, I, I'm blown away. I don't, I want to, I want our listeners to understand, though. That's why I brought this up because today, folks, I am livid. I am upset. Okay, I am ticked off. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm angry like all the rest of you are, 
but I want you to realize I'm trying to keep a positive view on this because I believe there's a handful of people in this country that that uh, that are I think one and I, I happen to think I'm one of them that that try to because I got people calling me all the time asking me for my perspective because they feel downtrodden. My wife's one of them. She calls me every day. <laughs> we talk all the time about it. But my perspective is important to some people because it's they have to understand that you know you you got to bring a positive outlook to things. I mean, I'm the leader of the Republican Party in Berks County, so I have to put that out there as well. But it's important that we find the positive. I mean, I think it's just a, it's in my Christian nature as well to find out, to find the positive, to accentuate the positive, but to be optimistic. That's important. And it's a virtue I think all of us can do more with more of. But I want to thank you all. We're out of time. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and uh, making us again your source for unadorned truth. <laughs> And I believe uh, it came at us very quickly. I mean, I, I put it out there very quickly in a rapid succession. It came out at very quickly at the speed of sound. But I, I know that all of our listeners kept up because they're very expert and they, uh, they're very, very intelligent listeners out there. So thank you all for tuning in to the Oasis of Truth in Southeast Pennsylvania. Thank you all. See you next week on our show, The Point. Tune in later. Uh, we're going to have uh, some more discussion with Annette Baker on on some of this stuff as well and maybe we'll get some discussion on the uh the video that uh had biden saying we're talking about as i discussed the video about biden talking about the uh the the most expensive inclusive voter fraud organization in history <laughs> i want to maybe have some more of that discussion with the net so tune in later we'll try to get more of that for the show which will be on at one o'clock today but thank you again for being with us see you next week on the point i'm clay Brees. Goodbye for now.